Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. In today's video, I'm going to be going through my updated rookie rankings. So after seeing all the landing spots, all seven rounds in the books, I thought now would be a solid time to go through and update my rookie rankings. So just like I did pre-draft and I think my last rankings video, I'm just going to go through like three rounds of my rankings. So basically top 36 rankings. And I do think, you know, these changed a lot following the draft probably most notably at the quarterback position. So I'm going to talk about all of those shifts. And overall, if we're being honest, like if you're holding a lot of 2022 rookie picks, I feel like this draft was probably a disappointment for you, but I'll kind of get into that later on. Let's just jump right into round one here at the 101. This is where I have Brees Hall. I think he should still be here. You know, he's been my 101 for a while now. He goes, you know, early second round to the Jets. I actually think this is a very solid landing spot. This is an up-and-coming offense. I'm really not concerned about Michael Carter. He was a fourth-round pick last year, was really solid, but if they thought he was going to be the guy and be super involved, they wouldn't have spent nice draft capital on Brees Hall. Hall is going to be the guy moving forward, so I do like him here as the 101. And at the 102 through 104, this is kind of like my wide receiver tiers. It's been in the same order for a while now. Drake London here at the 102, Traylon Burks at the 103, Garrett Wilson at the 104. I did kind of debate moving Traylon Burks up because I think in the 2022 season, he does have a better kind of situation here with the Titans, whereas uh, Drake London is going to be playing on the Falcons, which I do think is going to be a very bad offense. But when we're projecting into the future, you know, the Falcons quarterback situation could turn around next year. You know, maybe Desmond Ritter's the guy, but they could also just, you know, be really bad this year and then be in the mix for one of the top quarterbacks in the 2023 class. So I don't think Burke's situation is so good right now that it can override, you know, a potential new quarterback situation in Atlanta. But I mean, it's been very close between those two players all offseason long. And I think the margin is still very, very small for Drake London and Traylon Burks. 104, Garrett Wilson. I think a lot of people had him mocked here to the Jets. Goes early first round. He's going to be a part of that up and coming offense along with Brees Hall. Hopefully, Zach Wilson continues to develop. That would be a big, big deal for Garrett Wilson. And they're going to have a nice one-two punch at the wide receiver position with Wilson and Elijah Moore. Here at the 105, I have Kenneth Walker. He is my RB2. Went to the Seattle Seahawks early second round. Same thing with Walker. I know some people don't love this landing spot. I don't really care. You know, if the Seahawks are willing to spend early second round draft capital, they're going to utilize him. You know, maybe he's not seeing 15 plus touches from day one because they still do have Rashad Penny there, but he's on a one-year deal. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. Chris Carson, we don't even know if he's going to play again. So Kenneth Walker is going to be the running back of the future for the Seahawks. And I think he's a very solid value here at the 105. Then at the 106, Jamison Williams. He's been my wide receiver for basically throughout the entire offseason. He lands on the Lions. You know, it may not be a fantastic season from this year, coming off that ACL tear. The quarterback situation is not good, but if you know they have a rough season, they're another team that could be in the mix for one of those top quarterbacks in the 2023 class, and then his value could just absolutely explode. And then we kind of go on a run here with wide receivers. Talked about Williams at the 106. 107, we have Chris Olave. Goes early first round to the New Orleans Saints. Didn't love the move for them, you know, trading up to get Olave from a real-life NFL perspective. But I think Olave is going to be a more than capable wide receiver at the next level. He's a very solid wide receiver too. 
behind Michael Thomas. At the 108, I have Sky Moore. In terms of, you know, some of the wide receivers that went in front of him, I was pretty surprised at some of the names that came off the board, but it really worked out very well for Sky Moore because he lands with the Kansas City Chiefs, will have the opportunity to be a big factor from day one. So I really like Sky Moore. Here's my wide receiver six. Then it's going to be Jahan Dotson coming in here at the 109. A little bit of a surprise how high he went in the first round. Heading into the draft, I thought kind of earliest he was going to go was late first round. He goes middle of the first round to the Washington Commanders. That situation is not ideal right now. But like I've talked about for a lot of these other wideouts, situations can change very quickly, especially for teams you know who aren't projected to be elite finishers. They could totally be in the mix via trade for a quarterback or in the draft you know, within the next few years. So I do think he's going to be a solid complement to Terry McLaurin. At the 110, I have George Pickens, my wide receiver eight. Really like him going to the Steelers. The Steelers are fantastic evaluators at the wide receiver position. So it gives me a little bit of confidence that they went out and you know they like George Pickens. This is a very crowded wide receiver room right now. But this is a situation where maybe they don't want to pay Deontay Johnson long-term, or maybe they don't think Chase Claypool is the wide receiver two of the future. Either way, they're going to have George Pickens involved. And I think he can, you know, make a solid impact from day one on that roster alongside Kenny Pickett, who is actually going to be right after him in these rankings at the 111. He was basically my quarterback five heading into the draft. I have no choice now but to move him up to my quarterback one. He just went, you know, way before any of these other rookie quarterbacks. We didn't see any of those other guys even go in the second round. So in my opinion, he is the clear-cut quarterback one of this class. And the Steelers are really, you know, setting him up nicely. They went out, drafted some weapons. You have a really, really nice young core there. And I think Kenny Pickett will be the starter from day one. If not, he can sit behind Mitch for a little bit. But I think he's probably the most pro-ready quarterback that was in this draft class. So I like him as, you know, a late first round option. Then moving over to the 112, this is where I have Christian Watson. I think this is an interesting landing spot going to Green Bay. When we're looking at the best landing spots for wide receivers in this draft, I thought it was the Chiefs and the Packers. I thought it was a little bit interesting, actually, that the Packers were so interested in Christian Watson because of all the top wide receivers, I thought Christian Watson was probably the most raw in terms of his talent and, you know, ability to produce right away. So you have the Packers in a win-now mode, in desperate need of wide receivers, and they go out and get the guy who's potentially a little bit of a project. So I'm wondering how well he's going to be able to produce from day one. But long-term, you know, I think the Packers are a great place for him to kind of develop and improve as a fantasy stud because we know he has all the physical traits. The dude is an athletic freak. And if he can figure out the rest of it, you know, get in tune with Aaron Rodgers, he could have a very nice, you know, next couple of seasons. Now let's shift over to round two, and we're going to stay at the wide receiver position with David Bell here at the 201. I was very, very happy when I saw David Bell go off the board in round three and to a solid landing spot here with the Cleveland Browns. I really think he can slot in as the wide receiver two there. Obviously, you know, in the immediate future, it's better for him if Deshaun Watson is on the field, but even if Watson has some sort of suspension, I still think David Bell is going to succeed at the NFL level. He may not be an absurd athlete, but we just know the man can play football and produced all three of his collegiate seasons. At the 202, this is where I have James Cook. Definitely jumped up, I think, at least a few spots in my rankings, and a lot of that was due to his second-round draft capital. He's going to be my RB3 going to the Buffalo Bills. I still don't think he has three-down potential, 
Like, I don't think the Bills brought him in and they're thinking, you know, he's going to be the guy to carry it 200 times, get targeted 80 times. I think he's going to be that third down back, may get some early down work, but I also think this is going to be a split between him and Devin Singletary. We know they tried to sign J.D. McKissick in the offseason, so it did look like they were kind of going out and looking for a receiving back. I think Cook can be that guy. But going in the second round, it definitely seems like he's going to be guaranteed a solid role in that offense, which is why I like him as an early second round rookie pick. Another big riser here at the 203, this is where I have Wandell Robinson. I really liked Robinson, you know, heading into the combine stuff. Then when he measured in at five foot eight, kind of backed off just because I think a lot of people were kind of scared of that same kind of Rondell Moore build where, you know, these really tiny, super athletic wide receivers step in and he didn't even test super well athletically. So there were some concerns there. You know, is he going to be a repeat of Rondell Moore's disappointing 2021? But then he gets drafted in the second round. And I don't think it's entirely fair to, you know, kind of just lump him into Rondell Moore failed. So Wondell Robinson is going to fail. He goes to the Giants with Brian Dable. We'll see how he works himself into that offense. But clearly they like the player. They probably reached a little bit, probably could have gotten him a little bit later on. But that draft capital and college production is a good sign for Wondell Robinson moving forward. Then at the 204, I'm pretty sure Rashad White was my running back for heading into the draft. He is going to stay there. He lands with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And there are kind of some clear positives and negatives here. Starting off with the positives, he went on day two. He was a late third round pick. I actually thought he was going to go later than that, you know, the farther we were getting into the draft process. So I am happy he went in that third round because I did really like him as a prospect. Thought he could be a three down back at the next level. Obviously, the downside is that he probably isn't going to be competing to be the RB1. They just paid Leonard Fournette. He's going to be the guy. I think Rashad White can get some work as a third down back. But when we're just looking at the upside from season to season, he is going to be one of the most valuable handcuff backs in the NFL because if Leonard Fournette goes down, he's going to step in, likely be the guy, and he could be a league winner, you know, if something does happen to Leonard Fournette. So I do like him here as a, you know, early to mid round two rookie pick. Then here at the 205, we're going to start getting into some of these quarterbacks who fell way down the board. Malik Willis was my 102 heading into the draft. Major faller here. He's going to be at the 205. Goes to Tennessee. We'll have some time to develop. But I mean, the optimism is just not there when he doesn't get that draft capital. Then we've got Matt Corral at the 206. Goes to Carolina. These really aren't bad landing spots for these quarterbacks. It's just I don't think the confidence is there because the NFL teams didn't believe in them. And going, you know, third round is not a guarantee that they're going to get an opportunity to start at the next level. And then the 207, Desmond Ritter going to the Falcons. Same things I talked about with Willis and Corral. Then at the 208, this is going to be my first tight end, Trey McBride going to the Cardinals. A little bit of a surprise that he landed there because they did lock up Zach Ertz to a three-year extension. But if you spend, you know, second round draft capital on a tight end, they're clearly going to use him. They like him as a player. So he could be involved from day one and then probably will be the tight end of the future there as Ertz kind of starts to decline. Next up at the 209, I have John Mechie, who went to the Houston Texans. You know, he's going to have an opportunity to step in and compete with this wide receiver room. You've got Brandon Cooks there. You have Nico Collins, who I believe was a rookie last year. So some competition, and then you're kind of just hoping that Davis Mills continues to develop and is the guy there in Houston. And then sticking with the Texans, I have actually his new teammate, 
Damian Pierce here at the 210, my RB5. When we're getting in this range, I feel like these RBs are a little bit interchangeable. He went in day three. It was very early on in day three, but I think Damian Pierce has the opportunity to compete for touches from day one, potentially be the lead back. And when we're looking at these other running backs who are going round four, round five, I don't think a lot of them have that, you know, potential from very early on. And if you can secure a role early on, that's definitely going to help you kind of maintain, whereas some of these guys are just going to bounce around and never even get that opportunity to compete for a starting role. And then kind of the complete opposite situation here at the 211, which is where I have Isaiah Spiller. And first, when I saw the Chargers landing spot, I didn't feel great about it just because, you know, they have a locked in RB1 in Austin Eckler. But I do think the Chargers for a while now have been trying to find a second running back to complement Austin Eckler basically ever since uh, Melvin Gordon left. I don't think they want Eckler, you know, taking as big of a load as he did last season, potentially bringing in Spiller, who could get some work on the goal line. But he also is just a solid all around three down back. So I talked about how Rashad White could be a very solid handcuff. I feel the same way about Isaiah Spiller and actually could potentially have some week to week value you know, filling in some of the early down work and then red zone opportunities. So Isaiah Spiller definitely kind of fell not going day three, but doesn't totally plummet down my rankings. And then to finish out round two, the 212, I have Jalen Tolbert, who went to the Dallas Cowboys. He'll have the opportunity to compete from day one, potentially slide in as that wide receiver three behind C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup. We know this is a solid offense and they do kind of spread the ball around. So he could have some fantasy relevancy early on, you know, probably in much deeper leagues, but still kind of a guy to look out for. And now shifting over to round three, the final 12 players in my rankings. At the 301, I have Tyler Algier, who did kind of fall a little bit in day three. He's my RB7 overall in this class. But what I like about him, similar to what I talked about with Damian Pierce, is he had a solid landing spot where I think he can compete for opportunity from day one. He lands with the Atlanta Falcons. I think he can step in, be the counterpart to Cordero Patterson, and that's an opportunity that some of these other running backs just may not have. We got another running back here at the 302, Zamir White, the RB8 going to the Raiders. That running back room is a little bit crowded right now, but they did actually decline Josh Jacobs' fifth-year option, so he may be gone after that. Zamir White could be the guy. I'm just not seeing a huge ceiling here because I feel like this is going to be a situation where it's going to turn into a committee, you know, no matter what happens, even if Jacobs is gone, you have Josh McDaniels there. And we know what they did in New England. They went out, drafted a million running backs this year. I feel like he's kind of going to employ a similar strategy. And I don't know if Zamir White is ever going to have receiving upside, but potentially someone who could have a Damian Harris role as early as the uh, 2023 season, you know, barring an injury to someone like Josh Jacobs in 2022. And then at the 303, I have Ty Davis Price, who was kind of a surprising running back pick from the San Francisco 49ers. Not surprising that they picked him, but he did go in round three, and I really didn't see him mocked there in really any mock drafts that I had seen. So he does go round three. He may be, you know, competing for some touches with Elijah Mitchell. They've used a committee in the past, basically prior to last season, where we saw Mitchell kind of dominate the majority of the opportunities, but he's someone who could play a role. And as we know with the 49ers, it really doesn't even matter how good the running back is. If you plug them in as the starter and give them opportunities, Shanahan's system is so effective that they are going to produce. So I do like this fit for Ty Davis Price. 
Then at the 304, this is where I have Alec Pierce. I think he was way overdrafted. I was not expecting him to go second round, but he is a fantastic athlete. And the Colts wide receiver room is pretty wide open aside from Michael Pittman. So he'll likely have the opportunity to produce from day one. At the 305, I have Greg Dulcich going to Denver. This is kind of an interesting landing spot here because I know a lot of people really liked Albert O. He is a freak athlete. So he does have some of that high-end tight end one potential. Dulcich is also a very solid athlete. And maybe the you know Broncos don't feel super comfortable with Albert O as the number one option. Maybe they're going to split you know the work between both of these guys after losing Fant. We will just see. But I think you know in the third round, I would not hate taking a shot on a guy like Dulcich. Then at the 306, I have Brian Robinson going to Washington. I really just feel like this is a horrible situation for every running back there. This is going to be like a three-headed committee between Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson, and J.D. McKissick. And Gibson's going to be there this year and next year, you know, at the very least. So where is he going to kind of work in a role here? And then you also have J.D. McKissick. So I just don't really see much upside in the near future. And then after that, you know, is he ever going to get the opportunity? We just do not know. At the 307, I have Sam Howell. Massive, massive fall here for him. He's the QB5. You know, we saw these other quarterbacks fall, Corral, Ritter, uh, Malik Willis. Sam Howell fell even farther than them, all the way to the fifth round. I kind of like the fit here in Washington, just because he may have the opportunity to compete in the future. But a fifth round quarterback can't really justify taking him much higher than this here at the 307. Talked about Alec Pierce being a surprise second round pick. Thought the same thing about Tyquan Thornton going to the New England Patriots. Kind of their thing to make these strange picks. This is a very kind of murky wide receiver room. I feel like they have a lot of very solid wide receivers, not a ton of guys who are real studs. So maybe Thornton can come in and play a role from day one, but we will just have to wait and see how that works. But he's another guy just like Alec Pierce, who is a freakish athlete. And another freakish athlete here is Jelani Woods, who went to the Colts. The Colts definitely have some openings at the tight end position. So he'll be teaming up there with Alec Pierce, but I do think it could take him a few years in the league to kind of get producing because he never really did have a massive season in college. At the 310, here's where I have Khalil Shakir. Definitely fell a little bit farther than I thought he was going to, but I really like the landing spot. He's a solid athlete, had solid college production, just an overall really strong prospect in my opinion, and could compete for a role from day one, whether it's the wide receiver four slot potentially push in that wide receiver three. So I like the opportunity he may have and the upside is totally there if he is as good of a wide receiver as I believe he is with Josh Allen as the quarterback in a very explosive offense. At the 311, the last running back here, it is Pierre Strong from the Patriots. I mentioned how they just have a bunch of kind of competent running backs in that room. I have no idea how this is going to shake out. I feel like I'd be shocked if they uh, retain Damian Harris after the season. I just don't understand why you would re-sign a guy, you know, after bringing in all these running backs in the draft. So if he is gone, I mean, as early as next season, Pierre Strong could be playing the receiving back role in New England with James White there this year. His career is basically over. He's kind of getting up there in age. So he could be a part of this committee. You may never have a massive ceiling out of him, but I did like him as a prospect. So I think late third round fine opportunity to draft Pierre Strong. And then the final player here, going to go with Danny Gray, picked in the fourth round to the 49ers. Kind of similar to the running back situation. 
49ers can plug in wide receivers and they can succeed. We saw it, you know, with Ayuk and Debo, not comparing Danny Gray to those guys because those guys are kind of a different level. But, you know, I think it's interesting to see where he'll slot in. I think their wide receiver room, I've talked about this a lot, is decently open. So whether he's the wide receiver four, wide receiver three, we'll just see how it plays out. But late third round, early fourth, you know, you're just kind of taking dart throws here. So Danny Gray is going to wrap up these rankings. Thank you guys for tuning in. Let me know what you think about these rankings, who should be higher, who should be lower. Drop those down below in the comment section. But thank you guys again, and I'll see you in the next one.